The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? coffee and hot good morning folks a little little on the dark side on the dark side oh yeah good morning folks it is tuesday that's a little better who turned on the light um tuesday uh, may 10th by may the 10th richmond had fell time i remember oh so well 2022 (laughs) that's a long way of saying the date Good morning. I uh, hope you're having a great day today. It seems uh, like springtime here in New York. Let me see what, what my weather report is. I'm going to check my phone really quick, if that's okay with you. Um, yeah, like I can do anything really quick in this world. Um, oh, Cupertino, California, which I don't care about. Thank you. Come on. See? Apps. Apps. Technical apps. Oh, I hate I hate the world. Oh, I was just there. Sure, I'm New York. Come on. Cupertino. There it is. Uh, We'll probably go up to 66 today. Oh, everything changed on my forecast, though. Oh, that's terrible. I was looking at almost 80 degrees later this week. Not happening. Probably 70. But and now all of a sudden the weekend's looking like a rain out, which sucks for the people playing music here on Long Island. Anyway, mm, Tammy Pescatelli will be with a lot of uh, people from Gov's Gov's Radio today. She's playing. Fr- she's performing Friday at Governor's in Levittown, the main room. Um, I think she's. Today is the day she's on podcast, though. I think she'll be on with uh, Tony Walker, knock him dead, right after this program today. And uh, was her Hershey and Keeg's, uh believe, tonight. Um, no, she won't be with us, unfortunately. <laughs> hey, we're new here on Gov's Radio, and I appreciate everybody tuning in so far. Uh, and and people uh I'll continue to support us on Mind Dog TV and uh, Twitch and wherever the hell else you find us, YouTube, Facebook, and all that kind of stuff. We appreciate that very much. Uh, but looking forward to try to get some more of the comedians that are coming into Govs to appear on the program. This is a long-term project. That It's not like I have a direct line to any of these uh, comedians that are coming in, national people. Uh, but you know, certainly uh, trying to get in touch with looking at the calendar of who's coming in and and possibilities of who we might be able to get. Um, so maybe we'll have that for you. Yesterday's program was pretty interesting with uh, Andy Anders. Of course, Andy's always, um, always interesting to talk to. Um, and good to follow up with, to see how he's, um, 
he's doing with his uh, chemo and cancer recovery and all that kind of stuff. This Friday, I will be seeing Billy Wayne Davis in Brooklyn at a place called Littlefield. Never heard of Littlefield before until yesterday. And I don't think it was necessarily intended to be for comedy, but it looks like an outstanding comedy room. And the name is not not something you would associate with in Littlefield. What's that all about? It seems like an arts uh, performance, uh, a performance arts and kind of like a gallery space, but really looks like a tremendous room. Check it out. Littlefield, New York City, I believe. You just Google that. You'll find find it. Uh, and there's some pictures of the rooms and the performances there and some great people coming in there. And it just, I've never heard of it before, but Brooklyn is kind of funny that way. A lot of great things in Brooklyn. Brooklyn has kind of had kind of a renaissance over the last, I want to say, 20 years. Uh, as a a place where the arts are supported. Lots of filming going on, lots of video production studios down there, lots of audio production studios there, lots of artist suites and um, photography studios and also um, performance groups, uh, groups that are based out of there taking uh, performance art and theater and stuff like that uh, out of Brooklyn. So uh interesting stuff there let's look at uh what is the govs i got i pulled up the wrong thing i pulled the boat govs podcast we know who's on govs podcast i want to see govs nope i want to see governor's comedy club's show listing what i want a little bit slow this morning <laughs> of course um you know with all the news and stuff that's been going on uh, and all the the anger over the news. There's a lot of anger in the country right now. And so my social media is filled with a lot of really, really dark, negative stuff lately. And it, it I got to admit, it's pretty depressing. Not having an outlook, outlook, outlet like sports to go to or something to take my... Um, attention away from all the anger and neg- negativity not not uh not particularly good for my own psyche so i, I asked, asked people last night you know post something happy something uplifting something funny uh rather than all the meanness that that, that was in and i understand the anger over some of the things that have been going on in the news but at some point Gotta give it up for the day. John Mulroney will be at Governor's on June third uh, in the main room. That that's an interesting one. Damarera. Um, what else? Show some of this. Show show some of the site here and see what we got. Share screen. Something always. I definitely need an intern in here, and I am working on it. I know I sound like a broken record with that greatest comedian, some of the greatest. That's not it, is it? Is it Governor's Levittown? Here we are. I don't know. Uh, Punky Johnson will be there June 10th and June 11th in the main room. Eric Haft in the giggle room. Um, Terry McNeely, um, June 17th. Aaron Berg, a special event on June 17th and 18th uh, in the main room. 
Drag Queen Summer Royale in the Giggle Room. Uh, that should be Drag Queen Summer Royale. We can't blow this up to see who's hosted by Olivia London, Frida Cox. Frida Cox. <laughs> I just said that without even understanding what I was saying until I actually heard the words coming back through the headphones, and that made me giggle. <laughs> I wonder if it's in the Giggle Room. Uh, Irene Bremis, Rich Voss, a special event July 8th and 9th. Uh, that, that should be a good one. Psychic medium Robert Hansen. Huh? Well, we'll just have to see about that. I might have to go there to that one and uh, cause some trouble. TJ Miller, um, July 15th and 16th. See, um, if, if I'm gigging with the band or I, I actually would go to see some of these. Um, speaking of, uh, Hershey and Keegan, Mike Keegan, uh, will be, uh, there October 26th in the Giggle Room, uh, August 26th, I think. Man, I am a little, Carlos Mencia special event, October 7th and 8th. Now, uh, now that's an interesting, uh, uh, occurrence, Carlos Mencia. I would like to get Men- Mencia. If I could, I'm going to work on getting him on the podcast. I know, you know, not uh, necessarily all that popular with our audience and a lot of controversy around him. But that should be an interesting one. Let's see if we can get uh, Carlos Mencia on here. That should be a, a fun talk. Of course, can't get away from all the um, nonsense that's in the news and all that stuff. Uh, comedian Sam Howe will be with us today at 10 a.m. Now, Sam is another one of these comedians that I found on Facebook or or some social media through um, comedy groups I'm associated with, and then try to do some research on him, and he's got almost nothing online. So he's another man of mystery, uh, which should be... It's interesting to talk to these guys, but it's always difficult to get into a conversation with a comedian you know absolutely nothing about. And that's where we're headed today. Um, of course, Kiera will be with me. And we had an actually um, probably the, the most, um, the deepest conversation we've had since I've known her <laughs> yesterday after the show. She's a little upset about feeling like maybe she was stifled from giving her opinion on some of the things, you know, on some of the conversations, especially when it comes to the issue of abortion and religion and all that kind of stuff. So um, maybe we'll, we'll have to touch on that today. I know uh, it's not a fun subject, not something I want to talk about, uh, certainly not fun when you see all the anger uh, the news about the issue is causing on social media um but it's important to let everybody have their voice you know i don't i want to make sure that if nothing else this program is about letting everybody be free to speak their mind no matter what it is if you recall how long ago was that now that we had the uh Prophet Dave the Prophet on, and Dave, uh, his premise, the reason for coming on was he wanted to prove 
the existence of God. Put a heavy burden on yourself. Prove, prove beyond a, in a court of law, beyond a reasonable doubt, uh, beyond any doubt that God exists. And his sole uh, method of doing that was, was uh, from reading the Bible on a Saturday uh, special edition of the Mind Dog TV podcast. Holy crap. Um, but well attended. A lot of people came out. A lot of people came out um, to debunk, to argue, kind of be rough on them. I think it was probably about three or four months ago now, because I'm thinking there was a uh, guy who was in the chat room who was desperate for help, or so he claimed to be. Might have been a scammer because uh, he was saying he couldn't get money for food or medicine. And so we took up a little collection for him and got him some money for food and medicine and money to get to doctors. And... Um, or get the help he claimed he needed. And then it never stopped. Like one email after another every day for weeks on end asking me for money. And so I finally had to, you know, tell him, you know, we taught you to fish. Now it's up to you to get get in your car and go to work and fish <laughs> for yourself. Anyway, a um, lot of interest in a religious discussion, even if, a lot of the audience uh, are hardcore atheists. Listen, there you know religion can start more wars than than uh, politics, and they are somehow interwoven. But the discussion about um, religion can get people angry a lot quicker than even politics, and politics is a, is a powder keg. Uh, uh, for discussion purposes, so, um, so the you know I wanted to give Dave a platform and a chance to speak his mind. Now it came down to him feeling like I was beating up on him or punching down on him, or <clears throat> just trying not to um, let him have his say about his uh, proof of God. But listen, folks, you, you take that burden on yourself, it's, it's an impossible feat. You're asking, if you believe in God, you believe he's om, omnipotent, 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 omnipotent. <laughs> I'm going to say it everywhere where you can pronounce the word. Um, and he hasn't, with all his miraculous super uh, supernatural powers, has not sought to prove to the world his existence. Why would he put it on a uh, mere mortal man with a high school education at best, uh, and not very articulate guy, not very well read, except for the good book? put it on him to kind of be the Messiah, the prophet. I had to explain to Dave, I don't think you're, I don't think, my own personal opinion, I don't think you're the messenger 
I don't think I don't think you're up to this task. I think you've taken on a burden that is beyond anything you can even imagine. Uh, and maybe you should leave it to somebody more qualified. Of course, you would imagine how that kind of message would be received. Not happy with me, I'm the enemy, or all that. It is what it is, but when, we, when we're getting into this national debate about abortion, it all comes down to religion. And I'm not going to say here's the thing. I'm trying not to say that anymore. We're very quick to understand that in a part of the world that is dominated Muslim, um, dominated countries where where governments are based on the religion of Islam, Sharia law, and we're, we're quick to condemn Sharia law. Well, we're looking at basically a Christian version of Sharia law being introduced in America where um, the overturning of Roe v. Wade was just the, was just the first, and it hasn't officially happen, although we know it's going to happen any day now, any week now. Uh, it's just the first straw. The Republican Party, through Mitch McConnell, who is the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, has said that the, the plan is to outlaw, ban abortion in the United States altogether. Supposedly based on this belief of, uh, or this claim of being pro-life, but there's that claim is exposed, and I I believe that up up until last week, that the people who were proponents of banning abortion really believe that life starts at conception, that a, a human life is starts at conception, and that in their minds, ending that life is akin to murder. I believe that they were sincere in that belief. But then last week, uh, with that decision being leaked and Alito's claim that we just need more American babies for adoption, that throws that whole baby out with the bathwater. That 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 throws in that whole concept of of it being about the right to life and and being you know protecting life that's that's bullshit now it's about adopting having more domestic a domestic supply of babies um I'm not sure if that's the exact quote but that's what they're looking for. That's the intent. It's not about protecting life. It's about having more American-born babies to adopt. Now, I have known many, many people over the last 
I would say 35 years, who've adopted children from other countries. Great people who have cared for infants and, and raised them as their own from people from born in other countries. Great, and those children have, for the most part, have been some of the most productive, most upright citizens. I don't know, had one on two weeks ago, Ronnie Rohrbeck, comedian who is uh, born in Guatemala, born with cerebral palsy, cerebral, cerebral palsy. This is another one, omnipotent, cerebral. <laughs> Uh, trouble pronouncing words today, cerebral or cerebral palsy. Born in Guatemala, his parents, white people from Michigan, adopted him. Ronnie, from what, all I can tell, is a outstanding young man. I'm not on the page that it matters that babies for adoption be born in America. I think anybody who is looking to adopt, it doesn't matter where the baby was born, as long as you can give it all its, all the love it needs and a strong foundation in life and a family and a, a foothold to, in order to build a life on, then everything is fine, in my in my opinion. It's all good. So the idea that we need more American-born babies, and I'm gonna have it's probably premature to even be talking about this. I'm just trying to give people a heads up. What's in store today? Not exactly the funniest show we're gonna have today. Uh, yesterday was a lot of laughs. I I enjoyed it, but because and I want to give Kiara some. So Malia way to speak her mind on on this and really articulate her beliefs and and, and how she feels about because I I do think she feels a little stifled and I don't want her to feel that way I want her to feel absolutely free to ex express herself and, and give her comments and ideas uh, about the subject I didn't think she want, had much interest in getting into the the political crap that's out there. Uh, speaking of politics, and by the way, I'm going to ha be having some more, um, <laughs> just speaking of politics, I'm going to write off of it. <laughs> I'm going to be having a lot more uh, music, uh, musical guests on the morning show from MTS Records. You know, it's been a while since we've had, you know, Michael Stover is very good to the um, Mind Dog TV podcast, the evening show, and I you know what? I'm overloading the morning show with just comedy. Let's get some music on here. So lots of uh, recording artists are now scheduling for the next, uh, I'd say, month and a half, two months down the road. Uh, so looking forward to some of them I've had before on uh, Mind Dog TV podcast. And uh, some of them will be new to me. But all of them are outstanding artists. I've, I've uh, fans of all of them. Um, and so looking forward to that now, uh, on, on back to the politics, just for a moment, OAN, the one American network finally admits to no widespread voter fraud, uh, basically after, uh, 
really two and a half years of just lying to people's faces about the election being stolen, finally admitting to their audience it was all a fucking lie. And how many people bought into it? How many people are still buying into it? It's like, oh, I forget what Mark Twain said about uh, exactly what he said, but, you know, the truth, uh, a lie makes it around the world uh, before uh, the truth even has a chance to put its shoes on. Something to that effect. Lies spread. Once those lies are spread and once they take hold, coming out and stating the truth, it's like that, you know, retraction in the paper. They put on the front page uh, whatever crime they will uh, accuse you of, and then the retraction is somewhere buried in the middle, one line at the bottom of, of the newspaper. This is wh how the Internet works and how cable television works. They blast for two years. The election was stolen, election was stolen, election was stolen. Now today they come out with, yeah, we, we kind of lied about that. We kind of lied about that. So nobody who needs to hear it is going to hear it. And when this is part of the big anger and division that's going on in, in America right now. And I know not all not all of our audience is American, so a lot of people don't give a shit about American politics. You should, because uh, it means a lot to the, the world at large, no matter what you think about um, what's going on over here. It's part of... Uh, it's important uh, to know how the rest of the world is going to uh, deal with, with what's going on here. Um, seeing that um, yesterday was uh, a Patreon exclusive uh, for uh, the uh, Issues with Andy podcast, um, include Henry Phillips. Henry Phillips has been on Mind Dog TV podcast a couple of times. Great guy. Um, and I don't know who who else was in the um, somebody was uh, was local with Andy. I'm not sure who that was. Is it, I'm not sure. That's not Lipsky, is it? I don't know. I absolutely don't know. I will have to find out about that. Um, but so that's available now on uh, issues with Andy Patreon. If you're a member, to subscribe. If you're not a member, subscribe. If you're a member, it's uh, you're already subscribed. Uh, you just go there and. It's available now and uh, ready for on-demand. Today's show, our program is brought to you by Cold Coffee. I should. Anybody interested in the, the race, the Kentucky Derby race, and now uh, we got Preakness coming up in a couple of weeks of Triple Crown stuff. Um, I am either in a fog, <laughs> which could definitely be the case. Oh, speaking of being in a fog, uh, Big T. Uh, THC TV will be back with me tomorrow. I believe that's tomorrow, is it? I gotta just see about this. Hold on. Big T. Tomorrow, yes. Tomorrow. Um, Big T will be back with me tomorrow. Um, speaking of being in a fog. And I will talk to him about the race. Now, I, I've been around horse racing all my life. I could have sworn... And maybe something changed, or maybe it didn't. But I could have sworn the Kentucky uh, Derby was always run at 6 o'clock New York time, Eastern time. I don't even know if Kentucky is in the Eastern time zone. 
Uh, but this week it was run at 7 p.m. One of the most amazing finishes ever in horse racing. If you're not a horse racing fan, um, maybe you should be uh, at least watch watch the replay of the race. There are, like to me, the uh, Belmont Stakes in 1973 with uh, with uh, Secretariat, the most amazing piece of horse racing footage of all time. But I think this definitely the the film from or the video, whatever you want to call it, from Saturday evening at 7 p.m., the Kentucky Derby this year. Uh, it ranks up there. It, it's definitely worth consideration. It's an astonishing uh, athletic feat by a horse to come from so far behind with afterburners to take the race in the last minute, not just coming from so far behind, but through such an enormous pack of horses out of nowhere to come back and win that race. Amazing piece of footage, and, and you should check it out. So I'm looking forward to the next two legs, uh, and hopefully, well, not hopefully, I don't really have a, a stake in it, but <laughs> possibly have a um, Triple Crown winner this year. So that, that that will be an interesting thing. Today's show is brought to you by Cold Coffee. I remiss yesterday in, in telling you folks about Cold Coffee, so I'm probably going to do it twice today. Cold Coffee, best coffee in America. Best coffee, according to uh, Forbes, one of the top 10 coffees in the world. But if According to me, the best coffee in the world. Best coffee I've ever drank. Just bar none. Really good stuff. Ah, delicioso. Anyway, uh, top 10 coffees rated by uh, Forbes magazine and the best in the USA. Now, it is hand-grown on the uh, slopes of the Mauna Loa Volcano in Hawaii and hand-picked. And uh, it's just amazing, amazing coffee. I think you should give it a try. I hope you'll give it a try. Uh, Koa coffee. Get your, I'm going to go get a fresh cup, see if I can do it in the time it takes to play the commercial, which is exactly one minute and 20 seconds. So I have 80 seconds to get the headphones off, get out of this room, go get coffee, and get back here in my seat with the headphones on and ready to resume the program for you, my lovely friends <laughs> and audience. Uh, so here we go. Cold coffee. Ready? I'm getting ready to run, as you can see. I'm moving the chair back, getting ready to, to make the mad dash to get some cold coffee. Are you with me? Go get yours right now. This episode is brought to you by Koa Coffee. If you are a coffee connoisseur and want to experience the best coffee Hawaii has to offer, no blends, no compromise, try the true taste of aloha. Koa Coffee produces premium Hawaiian coffee, hand-picked expertly roasted and delivered from Hawaii to your door with Aloha. From award-winning 100% Kona coffee grown on the slopes of the Mauna Loa volcano to the unique mocha beans of Maui, they strive to provide their loyal customers with the best quality and freshness. Since 1997, Koa Coffee has been known far and wide as a product of utmost quality and their awards proven. 
Koa Coffee was featured in Forbes' Top 10 Coffees of the World. This is the coffee Forbes called the best coffee in America. Find out what it's all about. Go to minddogtv.com slash coffee. Didn't, didn't happen. He didn't make it. You know what? Some days you make it, some days you don't. I wasn't in a real, I wasn't really rushing. I thought I had more time than I did. Anyway, thanks. <laughs> thanks for staying here with me. Um, so, Kara should be here in a, in a half hour or so. We're expecting Sam Ha uh, at 10 a.m. on my time, Eastern time. And again, uh, Sam is a comedian I know almost zero about. Should be a weird uh, conversation, uh, but I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. I'm uh, always interested in meeting comedians, but so little about him. I don't even know. I just know he's from California, which is very early for him, right, to be calling in, actually. Um, I'm just looking at who's coming to to uh, the Bohemia location of McGuire's, which is the governor's uh, comedy club um, in the near future. Nobody that I recognize, Dom Herrera, oh, John Mulroney will be there uh, uh, again. So I guess they're making all of uh, Long Island. Those two guys. Oh, Adam Ferreira. Uh, special event July 8th and July 9th. Um, so that's all that's listed that I can see there. And let's see the one uh, the other uh, Belmore location, which is the brokerage. Uh, Brendan Sagalo, uh, Jamie Lizow, Eric McMahon. Let me see the full event list here. I slide right over the all star comedy shows because I don't I don't know who's in them. I basically throw up a um, a a blank um, not a blank a generic. Oh, Chris Monty! Oh, Chris Monty! And he Chris will be with us. There you go. Well, I love Chris. You know, Chris uh, is a good friend of mine, and he will be here. He's going to be at the brokerage July eighth and 9th. I think he'll be with us on the seventh. Um, if I'm not mistaken about that. So that's what's going on over there. Anyway, um, so just kind of on cruise control here, I will open up. Oh, did not mention the horse until it won. during. The, wow, it didn't even mention the horse. That's interesting. I did not know that. Well, um, the name of the horse again, Spike something. I don't even know the name of the horse. Uh, let me see here. I'll see. I'm going to book it up and see if I can actually share. Kentucky Derby. A rich strike. That's why Spike, I said. Here you go. Let me see if I can share this video. It's an incredible video, really. Um, 
StreamYard, but backing over to. Good morning, William. I'm going to share your event in just one moment, too. I just want to tell people about that in a moment. But I just want to uh, take a look at this Kentucky Derby one. Now, I'm probably getting some trouble for YouTube on this anyway. Uh, here it is. Rich Strike. Now, you can see where the horse is. This is Rich Strike. This is the horse that was going to be taking the lead and looking like it was going to win. Let's watch it and listen. Zozo's is next after three quarters in one minute, ten and four foot seconds. And now Epicenter comes splitting horses and is moving up quickly as Crown Pride takes the lead around the far turn. It is Crown Pride battling with Messier. They're stride for stride. Epicenter and Zozo's in behind them. Cybernet sweeps up to the outside. Sandon gets the rail run and they're into the stretch. It is Messier, Crown Pride, and Epicenter is coming up on the outside. Epicenter has taken the lead as they arrive into the final furlong. Sandon is coming after him. Epicenter and Sandon, these two, strive for stride. Simplification down the outside is next. They're coming down to the wire. Epicenter, Sandon, great strike is coming up on the inside. Oh my goodness, the longest shot has won the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> All right, you can stop it there. Now, he did mention the horse right at the very end, uh, right before it won, but not quite uh, like until it won. Interesting, interesting uh, kind of. But again, I think that that comeback, um, it's, it's up there with Secretary. It's not. Well, Secretary is still by far the number one, the the Belmont Stakes in 1970 season, number one um, highlight from, from horse racing ever. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely up there. Now, I'm going to, our friend William Conway uh, is, uh, he needs your votes. And I'm going to ask people to get this stuff out. Now, again, I got to go back to Twitter and find where I'm I'm sharing this stuff. All my links are on Twitter for some reason. Or everything I am sharing with people. Uh, am I losing my freaking mind here today? This is what's going on. Um, so let me just pull it up really quick. I can't do anything really quick. Forget about me. Every time I say re really quick, just kind of laugh and just say, what an idiot. He doesn't, he's not doing anything quick. He can't. He's incapable of doing anything quick. Um, okay, where are you, William? Here you are. It's... Now, the link is on my Twitter page. I... I don't know what the hell's going on. Wait, 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 wait. I want to play this, but excuse me, folks, for, for being such a um, whatever I am. Dope. A dope this morning. Here you go. Let's see. I'm going to make this full screen. See. Here we go. Hey, what's up there, fans? William Conway here. Just want to take a second to invite you all to the West Texas Comic Con, which is going to be kicking up dust in Lubbock, Texas, June 16th and 17th at the beautiful MCN Elegant.
Hey. Dante Hotel. We got an amazing show lined up for you. Two days of awesome events. We got some great meet and greets as well. You're going to be able to meet with comic book artists. You're going to be able to meet with award-winning cosplay actors. And we got some great voice actors for you as well. That's right. The voices of Peppermint Patty, Charlie Brown, and Lucy Van Pelt will all be on hand. You say that's not enough. We want more. Well, hang on. <laughs> that's right. Kid Goku from Dragon Ball Z is going to be there. It's going to be an amazing time. That's still not enough. We got more for you. Johnny Huang is coming. He is the star of Michelangelo on the Ice Vanilla Ice Tour. He is one of the Ninja Turtles. He's bringing all the Ninja Turtles with him. You can get autographs. You can get photos. This is going to be an awesome time. The West Texas Comic Con is where it's at. Well, let me tell you something. No con is complete without some wrestling Hall of Famers. Man, we got Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart coming. I hope he hits me with a megaphone. That's what I hope happens. That's what I want to see happen. Come on, Jimmy Hart. <laughs> hit me with that megaphone. I bet you won't. I bet you can't do it. And celebrating 35 years of destruction. We got Axe. We got Smash. We got Demolition. You got to come to the West Texas Comic Con. It's going to be the time in your life. Now, this is what I want to tell you. The West Texas Comic Con is not just any con. The West Texas Comic Con is a con with a purpose. And that purpose is promoting suicide awareness. It's a completely preventable thing. And we want to help Axe that out. And you can help us get your tickets now. Go to WTComicCon.com. West Texas Comic Con is a con with a purpose. That's WTComicCon.com to get your tickets now. Well, that seems like a pretty cool thing. Now, I have a couple of questions there. First of all, the YouTube link is on my social media. It's on uh, my Facebook and my Twitter. And it will be in the description of this program when today is done. It's scrolling across the bottom there. You need to go there to the YouTube page and like that to vote for William to help him out. It will be uh, helping him out in, in for the Comic-Con. Please go there. Just like the video. It's very simple to do. Uh, so the link is in, scrolling across in the bottom right now. You don't need that one second thing that's at the end of that. I could probably cut that off. Hold on one second here. One second, I'll click. I'll fix the one thing. One second thing. Uh, hide it and then take out NT equals. We're having a sloppy morning here. I'm, I'm having a sloppy time, but it is what it is. It's Tuesday morning. A little anticlimactic start. Second day of the week, whatever. <laughs> so there's the link it's it's cleaned up for you um go there like the video give uh william a little boost there now he said um michelangelo ninja turtles that's robbie wrist i'm not sure if i heard robbie wrist name sound like he, he said somebody else was going to be there as michelangelo but the michelangelo angelo character from ninja turtles was robbie wrist who i've, I've had on my program robbie wrist was Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch. And the last couple of years of the Brady Bunch series played uh, Cousin Oliver. He's also been in, he's a voiceover actor and um, in so many different stuff. And he's part of a lot of Comic-Cons, but it doesn't sound like William named Robbie Wrist as, as the 
guy that was going to be there. Anyway, um, I'm going to have to go back and listen again. He was he's mentioned a lot of names there pretty quickly, and I didn't catch them all. But I, it didn't sound like I said Robbie Wrist. Um, so that's that. Um, while we're waiting for Kieri uh, to come in and um, the, the rest of the world to wake up, I feel like playing uh, a little music. I think I'm going to play, um, I don't know, what will, we, what will we play? Let's see. Um, how about um, if we go with a little, um, this, well, I'm probably going to get in trouble if I play that. <laughs> I get in trouble for playing my own copyrights. Um, I'm going to go with a song that I wrote uh, and Janet Sloan Solari uh, recorded. It's a short one. It's called Still in Love with You. Uh, it's kind of, Janet is going to be at um, Sony Hall this weekend with a, a night of a thousand Stevies, play, paying tribute to Stevie Nicks and how many Stevie Nicks tribute bands and, and, and female singers in America have been influenced by Stevie Nicks. Uh, Janet is a featured performer at the Night of a Thousand Stevies. Gold Dust Woman is her band, and Gold Dust Woman band, and um, they're the only one that's actually endorsed by Stevie Nicks. Uh, So this song is kind of in the vein of Landslide, and kind of very much inspired by that, but it's an original song I had written for Janet to sing. It's called Still in Love with You. Here's the video for that and uh, and the song itself. So I hope you enjoy it. Saw your photograph today. Had to put it all away. No, it left me feeling blue. I guess I'm still in love with you. When I see you out around, it turns my whole world upside down. You know I. It's true that I'm still in love with you. Well, I don't think about you anymore. I could have sworn I closed that door. Time gone by I can't find a reason why It could possibly be true That I'm still in love with you Guess I can't deny it Oh, it's true that I'm still in love. 
Uh, interesting moments there for me. Uh, you know what? I kind of miss playing at Cedar Beach. You saw there were some shots in there. Uh, what is what's for the van- Vanilla Ice tour? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, William. You got me a little confused there. What's for the Vanilla Ice tour? I know you mentioned the Vanilla, vanilla Ice tour in the. Uh, the video for Comic Con uh, was Texas Comic Con, but I, I I don't remember what that that was about. I, so I'm a little slow this morning. Still, still, um, you know what? It would be ideal for a morning uh, radio guy to be awake and full of energy <laughs> for a morning show. Not always the case. Especially, certainly not the case today. Uh, that video uh, for Still in Love With You had some images there of, from when we used to play uh, Cedar Beach. Now, it's kind of a contrived story that probably might not be of the biggest interest to everybody, but the Rockin' 45s for years played um, played Cedar Beach uh, on Babylon, in Babylon, New York. It's an ocean beach, beautiful beach. And every night of the week, they would have volleyball there. Uh, volleyball tournaments and 8,000, 10,000 people would come just for the volleyball alone. Now we would be playing up by the, um, the concession for the beach. And there would be a few thousand people up there for the beginning of the show. And then when it got dark, when darkness hit, um, the volleyball players can, you know, there's no lights on the beach. So basically volleyball is done by that time so all those people playing volleyball would come through and uh, be where the band is and many of them would stay and party with us so those were some great times uh for reasons i don't want to get into legal stuff the guy who would was our good friend who booked us there so often probably 15 times a summer had to he was forced to sell to give up the contract uh, for that venue and some politicians some people who own other venues and started to monopolize um, the scene on the south shore of Long Island took over and kind of squeezed us out for bands that were friends of theirs and we haven't been back since I kind of missed that and seeing the volleyball uh, players back in the background there kind of got me you know, a little nostalgic for some of the Really great times we had there. I also see uh, there's a couple of shots with our friend photographer, Alonzo, in there, who was uh, a, a photographer for the band who did some great work for us um, and miss him. Haven't seen him in a long time. Just, you know, um, just, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there that, that gets me kind of a little nostalgic there. Anyway. I'm waiting on Kiera to come join us in about 10 minutes or so. Um, what do I'm reading some of the stuff from, from the last right stuff. Oh, um, I guess we're uh, going to have another uh, last rights podcast. Oh, Dyson man. I'm sorry. I got it. I got it wrong. You know, I'm going to go back to bed. I'm going to wake up. And start this day over. Dykes and Man uh, have a new episode coming up. 18, 
1800 GMT. This is uh, Greenwich Meridian time. 1800 would be 6 p.m. Their time or hmm, is that 1 p.m. Eastern time? Fucking time zones, man. Time zones are going to be the death of all of us. Anyway, being Bink, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Good morning, Carl. Uh, how are things in uh, paradise? Uh, are, you, are you a little hungover today? I know you had a uh, podcast yesterday, and it seemed like you might be on your way, you know, on your way. I was kind of expecting you might be a little hungover, but maybe not. I've been wrong before. Seems like um, you're living the life of Riley, and why not? If I were in paradise, I would be living it up, too. I'm not sure what pink means. I'm trying to figure that out. Anyway, um, we're probably going to have a little church here this morning. Looks like we're going to have a little church. Are you ready for some church? I'm not. You know what? I'm really not in, uh, not up for it this morning. I'm not. With everything that's going on politics, I think to add religion on top of that stuff, it's not not a fun conversation, not something I'm really uh, looking forward to. But I think, again, what I'm going to say this one more time is I don't want to feel like anybody is not free to express themselves on this program, whether they're guests, whether they're in the chat room, whether, you know, they are um, co-hosts or or participants in the program. Anybody is free to express any opinions, ideas, or any of that kind of stuff that they might have. And I want to make sure that we keep uh, that open openness and open spirit to um, just trying to include everybody and being open to everybody's ideas. So, uh, I had I had two beers in the pod, just two beers, but didn't you start drinking early? Maybe I'm wrong about that. I thought maybe you were drinking early when you were on with, early with me and Andy and uh, who's that other fella, the Welsh fella? Uh, his name escapes me at the moment. Some young Welsh comic who I guess Carl hangs out or, or kind of follows Carl around like his little puppy dog. That guy. Um, and then Alete Mojita in Paradise. I don't even know what Alete Mojita I know what a Mojito is, but Alete, Alete, Alati. Drink nine cups of coffee on the end. Oh, so you were, you were needing. Um, <laughs> needing a little, I don't know what you call it, a little something to take the, the edge off the uh, coffee buzz you must have had after nine cups of uh, cold coffee. We know you're a cold, cold coffee drinker and, and you love your cold coffee and we appreciate you uh, patronizing our cold coffee sponsor. Anyway, so that um, apparently something either Andy or I said um, yesterday on the podcast 
upset Kiara in a way because you know and, and people don't know this they should know this by now that Kiara is a born again Christian um I don't think she's a churchgoer in 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 that sense but um it's Christian in her values and and beliefs and I think some of the stuff that we said uh, basically in political discussion about what's going on in America of course, all that stuff does cross the re- line in religion of religion, and so what something that either I said or Andy said upset her. Uh, we had a conversation about it yesterday, but I think uh, it's fair to bring it to the table on, on the program so that she doesn't feel like I, number one that I'm trying to stifle anything that that she has to say. I want to feel completely um, uninhibited in sharing her views and opinions on this stuff whether whether um that takes root with anybody or it's well accepted that's up to you folks not up to me uh it is what it is and then at 10 p.m 10 8 10 p.m yeah i'm not going to be here at 10 p.m actually tonight i have a program on on the mind dog tv podcast speaking of politics about the decline of america um and it's uh the decline of america is a book it's written by uh dr david uh d shine who's you know he's got more degrees he's got more letters after his name than convicts have numbers after their name uh, mba jd phd and a whole assortment of others he's written a book called the decline of america and it's an objective look at every presidency from washington obama to obama now uh, i'm get i guessing the only reason he stopped at obama was because of time constraints i mean the time it takes to write a book <laughs> Because why not continue it right through Trump and now uh, up to Biden uh, at this point? So I'll ask him about that. But it should be a very interesting uh, discussion, conversation about how we got to where we are today in in America. And from, again, this is, I believe, He's not Democrat or Republican. He's going to be uh, presenting the thoughts and and concepts from his book in as an objective uh, way as possible. Again, whenever you're talking about presidential politics from Washington right up to the Obama era, there's no way to keep it. Uh, completely objective and, and so that it's not going to make some people angry because especially when you start getting into the latter 20th century and into the 21st century here, uh, people just align with um, parties as cheerleaders, being completely um, emotional and taking everything personal. Whenever you talk about anything politics, well, you're going to talk about my president. You're going to talk about my party, and and it's you know it's us against them. So difficult conversations always to have, but I'm looking forward to that. That's at 8 p.m. tonight on the Mind Dog TV podcast. I hope you'll join me then. Kira is with us now. Let's bring her in. It's time for uh, hap. Let's get happy. Want to get happy? I posted something last night on on Twitter and Facebook. I said, you know, just sick of all. 
the vitriol and people just and not sometimes it's not even people arguing about stuff it's just people expressing their anger about stuff and there's so much of it i started to feel a little depressed i, I won't i won't lie about it i was i was feeling pretty sad and more than just a little depressed last night um and so um i asked people to post something happy i got like five people playing along to post something happy that's not enough folks look for something happy it will make you feel better to make me feel better find something happy and post it on either my twitter or facebook find that post where i ask for happy stuff and cooperate play along i i promise you in just finding something happy to talk about you'll make yourself feel a little better i promise you that will work and if it doesn't you can hold me accountable and i'll give you your money back how about that time for the happy minute let's get happy Happy, happy. Uh, good morning. Some good weird, morning. Something just flashed in front of your face when I, when I, I don't know what that was. What some was mess, it? I don't know. Some message from some, somebody who wants to sell me something probably or some oh. kind of crap. It's always one thing after another. Invasive uh, internet technologies trying to take over my world and tell me what I need to know about and all that kind of stuff. Good morning. How, how are you feeling today? Oh my gosh, I'm okay. What, what do I? Why is what was that about? Oh my I, god! I I did not sleep. I had mm. a wild mm. night, and I don't mean in any fun way. It was it was wild. Baby problems? No. No. Just <laughs> no. Up. Oh. Well, oh I didn't sleep. If it if it matters for anything, I didn't sleep either. I'm very tired. I'm very not very not feeling very happy. Um. Oh. All the crap that's going on, and and you know what? I think yesterday I mentioned this there earlier. And you weren't you weren't with us, but I mentioned that yesterday we had the probably the most significant conversation we've had since I've known you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I, yes, yes. That, I like that conversation. Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's just interesting. It took us four years to have a, yes. which is kind of what my book is about. How. Um, people who I interact with almost, uh, you know, in most in my life, I almost never have any real conversations. It's all small talk and crap that means nothing. I hate small talk. <laughs> I know, me too. Well, as a person who's um, uh, I, who's been told I have uh, Asperger's, I, I'm not sure I subscribe to that that diagnosis, but right. Uh, people talk uh, that about me. Oh, he's one of these antisocial people. I'm perceived as being rude a lot of times because I really don't have a lot of, you know, patience or love for small talk at all. I'm just right. I like deep conversations, which is why I do what I do. Right. But and we don't have any. That was the only one we've had one, and that was yesterday on the phone for a little bit. Yes, I was very surprised. Did you tell everybody why? I, uh, no, I just said that, you know, you were upset by some of the discussion that Andy and I were having about the current state yeah. of politics, uh, which uh, especially around the abortion issue and how it deals with faith and issues of faith and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And how yeah. it, it kind of, and you know, if, if you want to elaborate on that. But basically, mm-hmm. I think... What we're seeing in America right now is this idea of 
faith being used or or claims of faith mm. being used to to further political agenda politics and re, and religion are both powder keg discussion topics they're going to start a fight no matter what but when you mix yeah. them together it becomes like a nuclear bomb yeah. <laughs> it's it's really and, and it can hurt people's feelings people's sensitivities and all that stuff uh, yeah, we have to get past that and be able to have discussions about it without right. getting angry about it. Right. And it's difficult, though. That's that's so. what I appreciated yesterday, because I know that we we have different views on some things. And um, I think my purpose here on the show is to bring light and make people laugh or whatever. So I don't I don't really like to get into it. But, um, yeah, yesterday I was. I was I I feel like I was pretty uh taken aback by a lot of things Andy was saying. Um you know, he he basically called, you know, I mean, I don't like to put a label on myself either. And I think that's um but you know, the right wing was, you know, uneducated, trailer trash and I have a lot of cons- I lean towards conservative views. And I was like, "Wait a minute. No. I'm not I don't live in a trailer, you know, but I- I understand that's the way he talks and, and I didn't, you know, I didn't take it personally, but I did just want to, I did want to stand my ground at one point and and say, wait a minute, just because I have these views doesn't mean I'm an, you know, an educated POS, you know? Well, I think you missed an opportunity to kind of have that discussion yesterday. There were four four faces, you know? Yeah. And, And, um, probably felt like all four of us are, are lined up against you on, on that. I, I mean, I know Jamie is is an atheist. I know that. Uh, Carl, I don't oh. know. Carl, I think, is an open-minded uh, right. inquisitor. <laughs> right. uh, he wants to know about everything. I know Jamie is a pretty closed-minded atheist. Andy, I would, cl- I would classify as a wounded yeah. atheist. Uh, mm. and, and myself, you know what? There were not that. There's a time not that long ago when people considered me a far right winger. Uh, I know that right now. I think Donald Trump kind of uh, definitely pushed me uh, right. more towards the center uh, on that kind of stuff. There, on, on terms of what's going on now, right? Sorry, I believed. That. Up until last week, I believe completely that for 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 the argument on abortion, I believe that right wing uh, people believe sincerely that this was about right to life. That they have this belief that life starts at conception, and ending that life uh, at any point is tantamount to murder. I believe yeah. that until I saw what Alito wrote. In the in the opinion last week, which contradicts that completely, uh, and they said basically came out and said that the what it's really about is having more American babies to adopt. That's what the the line says. We we need to end abortion for to increase the supply of domestic abortion uh, adoptable mm-hmm. adoptions. So in other words, they want American born babies for adoption is the goal, not. It's not about saving lives. It's not about cherishing lives. Who who wrote, who wrote that? The, mm. uh, Judge Alito, who's the uh, 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 majority opinion on the Supreme Court. Justice oh. Alito. 
So that's the Supreme Court's position is that it's not about protecting life. So, you know, the people who have been saying that and are behind this are not really uh, being honest when when that's the agenda. It's just to make it a more American-born baby. Now, I have known people, uh, and I said this this morning, I've known people who traveled the world to go get their baby, adopted a baby. It didn't matter where the baby was born. They gave it love. They gave it a foundation, a good, strong family. And we had one on just two weeks ago, Ronnie Rohrbach, who was Guatemalan-born, cerebral palsy. His parents were a white couple from Michigan, adopted him, gave him a life, gave him a foundation to stand on. He became an outstanding member of society and probably a great, good person. I don't think it matters where a baby is born. People people who can't have children would do anything, adopt any any child. I um, actually in our family, uh, right. we have three adopted nieces and nephews, and um, you know we love them to death. And they're from all different ethnicities, all different. Right. You know, it's yeah. it's beautiful. And I don't support the agenda of you know, making it a racial issue. I really don't. I, I do agree with what you said in the beginning, that it's life at conception. It's it's a beautiful little baby. Well, um, I, I would agree with that. And people, right. I've been told, and it, I, it wasn't this way in the past, only in the last 20 years, I've been told by women that because I don't have a uterus, I, I have no right to an opinion on the right. subject of abortion. I don't think that necessarily has any weight at all because uh, abortion, from my uh, perspective, is more than just about giving birth or not giving birth. It's about uh, the sanctity of life and what right. we what we think about it. And it has some psychic residue no matter, because yes. I've known many people who've had abortions, many women who've had abortions. Me, me as it's well, yes. For life. Yeah. Yes, yes, I know too. And um, I know that a lot of people are using it more like contraception and they're not thinking about it. But if you... I don't know that to be true. I've, I've heard that and I knew one, I have to say, I knew, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, I knew one ahead. girl when I was very young in my 20s who had four abortions and it definitely seemed like that was she was using that in place of contraception because it was after one, you think you'd learn your lesson and not just yeah. get pregnant that yeah. easy, you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know that that's necessarily why as widespread as it's claimed, but I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Uh, wait, I lost my train. I had an idea. Well, um, you're saying some, oh, oh. <laughs> if you, if you, cause I, I've known people and I've, I've tried to, you know, talk them out of it and help them and, and support them. And they wound up doing it and they just, like you said, they were scarred for life. They're never the same person. And I think if you really educate yourself, watch the sonograms, you know, of the baby screaming in pain as he gets ripped apart, uh, trying to avoid the, you know, the tweezers as they're getting him because he's, he's hiding from it. He knows what's coming. It's, it's, it's terrible. And I think that every woman, not every woman, but most women that go through it realize that at the end and. But it's it's okay. I'm I'm still friends with her. You know, it's not like I've you know shunned her. Right. You know, we we live and we learn, and we're all not perfect, and we all have to take it day by day. But right. I think that a lot of it's um, education. A lot of it's, um, and this is what I my last night 
Oh my goodness gracious. I wish I could get into it. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, just uh, support from your parents, support from friends, support from families um, is probably what would help a lot of women who are pregnant. <laughs> at, you know, a lot of women. I'm telling you right now, if we all helped our, our fellow uh, daughters and, and sons through their pregnancy, you know, unexpected and or not, I'm pretty sure that women wouldn't feel afraid and alone and thinking that's their only option. I mean, I, to be honest, at one point, I had, I had thought I had no other option as well. I was very scared and alone with my first pregnancy. And, That's uh, a, that is a great point. I mean, uh, I don't know. I haven't had that discussion with with any women who, because uh, it's a that's a tough discussion to have. I mean, because it always comes down to about not my body. But I think there is a lot of that scared. I'm scared to have this yes. child. I don't want to bring another child into a world that, you know, I if especially if I'm a person who has absolutely no faith and i look at the darkness of this world and i yeah. say you know but so there's that part of it but we never really talk about the the things that goes through a woman and this is why they say uh, not being a woman i have no uh place in the discussion is because i can't understand that aspect of it the process of it yeah. but uh something you another thing you might not know about me i've participated and 4,000 plus uh, infant, fetus, uh, stillborn, um, miscarriage, um, autopsies of babies. I was in pathology for one of my careers was in pathology. Oh and my God, what every, is this? Every, you're, every day is a surprise. Yeah, wow. so every day I saw babies oh from uh, fetal, from, from fetuses that were four weeks old or two weeks old in some cases to uh, babies that were just born and died stillbirth or <gasps> uh, babies that were aborted in some cases because, for medical abortions to save the mother's life or um, babies that have died at still stillbirths or miscarriages and all this kind of stuff. And every time, this is a, uh, something that people need, I think people need to experience. It's hard and dark and it haunts me to this day. It's the experience of they take the baby out of the bag, the infant out of the bag, the fetus out of the bag, put it on the table. And I ask, how old? And a doctor who's you know, people who've gone to medical school for this, they say, I don't know, I have to look at the chart. And so you can't tell a fetus yeah. from a baby. Yeah. Uh, even right. if you if you went to school for eight years to learn the difference, yeah. you yeah. still have to look at the chart and say, No, this one's this was a stillborn. This was a this was a uh, 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 miscarriage. This was oh, an abortion. Why are you gonna make me cry? Talk. Stop. <laughs> it's yeah. so sad. So oh, that perspective terrible. gives me a yeah. whole different view uh, on on whether it, you know where life actually begins. So we can have that conversation. So mm -hmm. that that gave me a position of yeah. not being pro-abortion, right? But just because I'm not pro-abortion means that doesn't right. mean that I'm anti-women's rights, and I I, I do a agree that it should be the de woman's decision to be made 
And I come back to, if you're a Christian, you have to ask yourself, and I don't think any Christian, any Christians I talk to in the world today ask themselves this question, what would Jesus do? You think right. Jesus you, you think right. Jesus would want to put that mother in jail and leave right. that baby with a, have forced a baby to be born and leave the mother in jail so it has, it's a, away from its natural mother? You think that would be Jesus' right. first decision to make? No. I think a lot of Christians have to ask themselves that in, in every situation. Um, it becomes hypocritical at points um, based on my experiences when you're, and it, and it hurts, you know, uh, to see people preach the gospel and, and you know, and then, you know, like, uh, oh, my goodness. I'm so blown away by that story. Um, <laughs> you didn't know you, I was in pathology. No, I didn't know you were in pathology. Wow. Wow. I've had a lot of careers. Um, no, but those, like like Jesus said, those who, who have not sinned to cast the, fa- uh, the first stone and no one could. Everyone right. has different issues. Everyone has different walks of life. Everyone is going through something. Everybody makes mistakes. Right. And, you know, the only one who was sin-free and walked a, a sin-free life was Jesus. And we, you know, we, we always point fingers and, and scream at each other. Like you were saying, it's, it's right, it's left, it's this, it's that. Um, and, and we don't stop to really comfort each other, help each other, um, bring light to each other, uh, educate each other. Um, and, and it's hard. It's really hard at times. Uh, so the bottom line here, when you look at this situation, how can you have hope for us as a society to not, not be always angry at each other over this issue? I mean, is there any way we can have a compromise that will work for it? For, <laughs> I have an answer. Is you, we all need Jesus. It's true. I, I really, I think that we, we used to have, um, this country was founded on God, right? Uh, the constitution, everything is, was made, um, from a, from a religious God centered standpoint. I think people have gravitated so far away there. And I think that, um, people are more self-centered, more selfish. And we see that in today's society, this, this, the amount of selfies, you know, I'm, I'm guilty to take in and, you know, instead of taking in a moment, um, you know, the next big thing, TVs, all material things, we're all focused on, um, you know, self-centered lifestyles. We're not, we're not helping each other. We're not, um, helping our neighbor, loving our neighbor, spreading light and joy and, uh, carrying each other's burdens. And I think that we need to get back to a Christ-centered, a real Christ-centered life and not a hypocritical, well, you're a bad person because you've done this and you're a bad person, but, you know, but I'm perfect. I have the, a lot of experience with, <laughs> with that. The, the problem that. with that is, uh, you know, first of all, there are people who uh, don't want any part of Jesus. Okay. Then right. there are, and you have to respect that because, yep. uh, it, because it, we were founded on freedom of religion, meaning yep. you can't, you can't force anything. on Right. Anybody. Right. So, right. but um, you know, the, it, enable to to enable us to get along there has to be some 
some basis for having civilized conversation without getting mad at people um, and and the solution for that is nowhere to be seen because we do and you know i kind of alluded to this we we've lost the ability to look at the issue because we're, we're and here's part of the problem when, when it comes to abortion we're looking at abortion as the problem abortion's not the problem abortion is some people's solution to a problem right. the problem being unwanted pregnancy right and how do we how do we minimize the number of unwanted pregnancies we're never going to have kids stop kids or young people from having sex or getting pregnant that's just <laughs> an impossible thing to do right. but how do we minimize that so that the toll on on society and the psychic damage that we do yeah. with all of this stuff is Put to a minimum. To me, the solutions for that, and we don't talk about the solutions. We just want to talk about the problems. The solutions come with uh, educating your children about the consequences and responsibility of parenthood, and, and you know that there, there's a big part of that now. We can say we don't want the schools to do that, but a lot of parents are neglecting doing that. So whose job is it once they become neglecting that, right? So that's a difficult thing. We don't want the schools doing it, but have you had that talk with your kid? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to have that talk with my kid. Uh, so it, it, that's a hypocritical part of it. And then contraceptive, the same people who want to ban abortions want to ban contraceptives and birth control. It's like that's kind of shooting yourself in the foot. This that means we're yeah. going to be constantly at. So I, I, the what I'm getting at here is I don't have a lot of hope for us as a society being able to get past this. Like at some point we may have to split into split America in half and say you you people are for it, live <laughs> over there and you people are against it, live over here and yeah, yeah. I I mean it's kind of split with the red and blue. I I don't. I, I'm, I'm like you. I do have to agree. I'm not red and I'm not blue. I think it's, I think it's all smoke and mirrors. I, I heard you yesterday saying it's all Illuminati anyway, which I agree with. I would, I, I'm not <laughs> Illuminati. I, did I say I, I would yeah. be funny about that, but yeah. no, it's all, it's, it's all, all money. Yeah. It's all money, corporate yeah. money that buys the politicians. <laughs> yeah. And it's all like what two, two or three families that own basically everything. And, yeah, yeah. you know, they own the parties both right and left and, um, uh, so, I mean, but you can go to different states that, uh, are more conservative, which I would, I would love to, but I can't, I'm stuck in New York. So, you know, I gotta make it, but, um, I think that, uh, social media and this new technological age has a lot to do with just everybody's whiny, everybody's instant whiners, you know, they go on and they, and, and we, and they fight each other online and, you know, the next, they're looking for the next topic to, they love it. They crave it. They crave the next topic to argue with each other and have some, something in their lives to, you know, to stand for. And yeah. it's all instant. And, and I, I always talk about this. What happened when we, we had a fight at work or something happened at work and we couldn't tell anybody until we got home from dinner to dinner, right? Because we didn't have cell phones and we didn't, have a way to communicate. And, and then by the time we got home, the problem in our minds was resolved. We were over it. We didn't even want to talk about it. And, you know, we kind of just, it fizzled out. People don't let things fizzle out anymore. People get angry and they instantly tweet about it, you know, and, and, and that's our problem. We're all, in, we're all angry. We're all, what you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Don't know well, and <laughs> again, last night I posted 
uh, on Facebook and Twitter just to try to. And every day I put like stupid like cat and puppy videos and all that kind of stuff just to try to keep my timeline right. having something happy on it. And I just asked all my friends, like, you know, I'm in a bad because somebody I know was just not arguing with anybody, just expressing her anger on mm. Twitter, how frustrated she is with, mm. with everything. And it was really bringing me down. I just said, please, somebody share something <laughs> happy. And I got like two or three people who who played along, but it's just like, why are people so reluctant just to kind of, right? I don't know, share something uplifting or, or happy with, yeah. with other people instead of always, you know, express. I understand we all we all feel the frustrations of the world, but at some point you have to, you know, put a smile on and say, you know what. The moment, live, live for the moment, yeah. not for tomorrow. Yeah, and, someone. And I, uh, if I can just yeah. on this abortion issue that that everybody is so angry about on either side of this thing, I think we we are afraid to say, give it time today. It's not yeah. something that needs to be solved in this moment today. We right. we we could take a generation. It could right. take two generations. You know, life goes by and like that, and it, yep. it, the world changes. Right. So don't don't look for instant change today. We want to see ever. Yeah. We want to see the world we want today. Right. Have some patience and look for a long term plan. I don't think anybody is looking at long term plans. <laughs> and it starts at- with one small act of kindness a day. Just one small act of kindness to someone, someone you don't know, someone you know. And it and it you know it ripples it changes and yeah. you, you know, know where where I lose faith in that because I do I practiced that for <laughs> many years now yeah. and I yeah. I you know when it, whenever I do that it, it, because I'm I'm coming at it from maybe an impure uh, place and thing because I'm looking at it at the end of the day and saying how did that come back to me so in, in other words <laughs> uh, I'll give you a specific example. Uh, somebody I know who was dealing with some major problems. Now, I wasn't doing great at the time. I, I left my job and was struggling with a podcast just to get by for making my own uh, ends meet. And somebody I knew was hungry without medicine. And I had, I think I had $150 in the bank. And I sent her $100. And, and basically, uh, and then two weeks later, I I was like way behind in my bills. And I said, you know what? I do a lot of good, a lot of stuff. How come none of it ever comes back to me? And that that's an impure place to be. Because right. I, I, I caught myself in thinking, did you do it for yourself or did right. were you freely giving? In the moment, I was really concerned about her. But two weeks later, when <laughs> Crunch hit me, I was like, you know what? I, nobody ever does that to me. <laughs> yeah, so. I've been there too. I've been there too, and I have. You know, we, you know, we believe um, as Christians that even if nobody sees it, God sees it, and you'll be rewarded. You know, that's you know maybe I, not in this lifetime. But <laughs> yeah, that's where it becomes, <laughs> it's, and it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't seem that way, and uh, and I don't even want because if if I talk about some of the things I've done, it'll sound like virtual virtue signaling. But I know if I really take a step back, I got a lot to make up for. 
<laughs> so maybe that you know i do don't, i do. don't we all don't we all we all have i don't I mean, know i don't i don't live everybody else's so. life i just know my life and i know yeah. uh i have regrets about some of my behavior when i was younger and i uh i do feel like i have a lot i talked to you about this a, a little bit right. with my ex-wife i'm still paying the price for being an immature not ready to be a a father and husband still paying the price psychically for my own uh shortcomings right and still full of regret for that now i know i need to forgive myself for being a young person and being uneducated about it and, and being slow to grow up yeah but that doesn't mean I'm off the hook for paying for it. <laughs> you know, I still have that. I still have that bill to pay. <laughs> we 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 were all young and stupid. We were all, you know, to be old and wise. First, you have to be young and stupid. And yeah. uh, you yeah. know, I mean, a lot a lot goes on when yeah. you're transitioning from being a, a teenager to an adult. To, I mean, nobody has the answers, and yeah. we all we're all products of our parents at one point, and it's up to us to. To turn it around and, you know, try and break the cycle. I'm I'm going through it right now, yeah. and uh, um, I was gonna say because the baby started crying. The, so the, you were... the, the child is crying. Hello, hello. He doesn't hear me. Get on the air. I can't get up. I have, I right. I did like the business and oh okay he's gone. The business on the top and like. I can't get up and, and expose myself. <laughs> you got the baby. Oh, um, well, you can always turn your camera off and if you need to. So, uh, do you have some happy news for us? Yes, this is I your do. purpose in life. My purpose. <laughs> um, okay. Um, this one I thought because uh, we talked about the TSA. My cat is tearing. Olive, she's tearing up my couch. Olive. <sighs> okay. So this was because I found this article and I and I saved it because um, we talked about how I, I always get pulled over, not pulled over, randomly selected in the airport because I look like, you know, right. I'm going to bomb a plane. I think <laughs> I look down. a lot more like a terrorist <laughs> than you do, but go ahead. So this man, <laughs> according to wavy.com, Caught at TSA checkpoint with 23 rep- weapons in his carry-on. Okay. And they stopped me for breast milk. This is this is why. They should not be focusing on me each time. Maybe uh, this is what it says. Maybe he's not the sharpest tool in the box. <laughs> A traveler pa- <laughs> passing through a security checkpoint at Reagan National Airport in Virginia was cited for trying to bring 23 prohibited items, mostly knives, in his carry-on bag. But this is... Uh, he was stopped on, oh, this is a little old, Wednesday, May 4th, after an x-ray of his bag revealed um, nine disposable scalpels, eight folding blade knives, three throwing knives, a dagger, a switchblade, and brass knuckles. Brass okay. knuckles. And and I had breast milk, um, uh, tattered clothes, and um, uh, chew toys, uh, you know, teething toys. And I, and I was pulled... Pulled to the side, and I kept beeping, and I had to remove more and more things. And meanwhile, this guy is just, you know, going by with all his his murder weapons. <laughs> murder weapons. Uh, wow. Yeah, and you know, 
I don't know how that that still happens in today's day and age. You would think yeah. just wouldn't you but, think you can't yeah. get by? Hello, no, yeah. I don't know. What do so I that. <laughs> the weird thing to me is the liquids and I don't know I haven't been on a plane this is how long I haven't been on a plane I don't know if they're still doing that but the liquids thing is always yeah. uh, boggles because, my mind <laughs> because yeah but not only they take this stuff and that they say well it could be explosives or whatever we don't know and they put it in a can right next to where yeah. they're standing yeah. <laughs> right. if it was dangerous you wouldn't put it right here right well, yeah, you really thought it were it might blow up you're not gonna i, put I even it. tried to drink a water bottle in front of the guy one time he was like you can't bring it. i said wait look look it's not it's not poison look and i'm drinking right. and the guy was just like you know they they're so nasty too they hate their jobs wow. they don't they don't laugh you know you try to make them laugh you try you know, at one point, uh, the guy said I wasn't like putting my shoes on fast enough, and I was holding up the the conveyor belt of stuff, and and I'm wow. you know making faces, and I'm you know trying to put my shoe on faster, and he just you know he stood there, like he wasn't amused. Come uh, on, keep it moving. I don't. I think I'd probably be the same way. I I that's a miserable place to be. I would. Uh, for, I don't but find another shoes. job. Like like Mikey, I don't know if slip on shoes. Yeah. <laughs> but again, if you're not happy, you can quit. I mean, but I yeah. definitely would be a miserable person if that were my my. If I had to do that forty hours or more a week every day, just go drive to the airport and be miserable on the way there, be miserable on the way home. <laughs> I, I I did a video on that for my past job in in the corporate world where uh, I was driving to work and I was just explaining all what I go through every day was basically getting up to my wife being angry at, at my grandson they're screaming at each other and my old goal is just to get into the car so i could get in traffic for two and a half hours to drive to farmingdale in traffic to get myself aggravated so i get to an office to a job i hate for eight hours a day yeah get back in the car and get back in traffic yes. for two and a half hours walk into the house and my wife and the grandson are still arguing and yelling oh, at each other God. like that was my day every day six days a week it's like no six oh my we talked about this yesterday uh i would do anything not to go back to a desk job i mean i would sell my feet online and i think <laughs> pictures of my feet not my real feet and i i i, I think that we're all we're all in these predicaments and um it, that's a whole nother issue i mean it's we're like we're basically like um like worker bees for the the man you know yeah the bigger yeah, making man somebody else rich yeah making somebody else rich and and my job uh with mikey at luxor i told you yesterday was uh, a collections agency at the nursing home so calling the elderly and um trying to justify that they owed luxor you know hundreds of thousands of dollars and you know and trying to get people on medicaid so trying to um, work with them to you know give up their houses and and you know their pensions and their everything they worked for so they could come live in luxor and i hated it yeah. i hated it and people are crying well you know my mother worked so hard to to get her house my mother worked so hard to get her pension she finally is on social security and well, if you live in Luxor, it all comes to Luxor. They own you. They own every bit of your income. That's why if you put everything in a trust, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to let you go, but I will say this, and this is a discussion for probably a Mind Dog TV podcast at night, but I, I did not get along. I had a lot of problems with my mother 
in my life. I ran away from home and all that stuff. But when it came to end of life, I would not put her in a nursing home. She did hospice in my house and wow. died died here. Wow. And I, I think that we lose that. In, in a, There is a comfort in dying at home, in ma- yes. making a comfortable space, making a peaceful place for yes. passing. And I think too many people, you know, and again, this is a discussion for another time. Right. But I think too many people are afraid to to face that reality of, you know what, the, the people who brought you into life, they yes. deserve an easy out and don't just put them where it's convenient for you and, and yes. end up on the bill where Kiera's going to be calling you and saying, where's Aww. my money? No, I hated it. <laughs> I hated it so much. I, I, I'm so glad. I mean, I, I loved I love my residents and, and, you know, I, I wish I could have been in a different department, like recreation or something, but I will say that all of them, yeah, probably all of them cried that they wanted to go home, cried because they knew they were abandoned. Even the dementia patients who don't know what's going on would start weeping, you know, and they just have these spells in the middle of the hallway, just weeping spell. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's uh, it was such a terrible place. I, but, I know we have somebody who runs a nursing home listening, and he's probably saying, "Well, that's my business." Don't they? Don't just yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I love Mike and I love Luxor, and we tried the best that we could as employees to lift up the residents because you know they have no they have no say. They're just dropped there, so you know, yeah. you try and make them smile and and go to their rooms and visit them, and and even a visit from a complete stranger they're so happy they just you know but it's 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 terrible Uh, all right i'm gonna let you go i'm sorry to keep you so long sam ha is with us now i'm gonna be bringing him in in a second so uh we'll see you later bye bye Not one of the most uplifting and happy uh, <laughs> Tuesday programs we've ever had. Uh, you know, some some days are just like that. Well, not so much to laugh about today. Hopefully that will improve right now. Sam Ha is a comedian who I know almost nothing about. I know where he's got a Facebook page. He doesn't really post a whole lot to it. Uh, <laughs> there is the... Uh, address on the bottom it's also in the description you can click on so i don't think you're gonna find out a lot about sam that way the only way we're really gonna find about uh find out about him and where where he's pursuing his comedy career is right here right now from the horse's mouth ladies and gentlemen welcome sam huh sam you yeah uh, yeah your mic was good welcome everybody yeah nice to nice to meet you Thank so, you, thank you. So you're, you're uh, like incognito. You're not. There's no information on you on the web at all. It's like, yeah, you're a man of mystery. Why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um, have a lot. To, uh, I have a surprise. I want to make like people like real happy. That's my goal is to like show the reality on me. But it's gonna be process. I work on myself because I. Um, yeah, little but me, I'm uh, 39 years old and I grew up off in Iran, but um, now I'm here about five years in America. I'm, um, I love the comedy when I was young and child. 
And my mother started hitting me and told me that's uh, when you want to be a joker in front of people. <laughs> you have to stop that this time. And then I saw maybe this something bad I'm doing. And then I got stop it. That's hurt me until I find myself all oh, this. There's happiness, a real happiness in me. And uh, fortunately, I find it here in America. So real people work on themselves and they show the reality happiness. I start uh, learning about this thing specifically. Um, I love people. I love to make him happy and love. And also, I want to be happy. Also, I want to. Uh, Processing specific in me was make people happy and find my line and work on this line to show him about real thing on me. If I want to share thing, I want to share a specific, like the reason and meaning about it. Um, that's what make me to recognize before I'm sharing some stuff in the Facebook. But thank you for the opportunity to let me I'm tell this myself. Say hi, how are you guys? And love you all. Yeah. Well, that's a refreshing attitude. Unfortunately, um, I don't feel like we're, we're in the right place for that. I'm <laughs> uh, in wow. a you, you and uh, it's it's kind of odd because this is what the the uh, subject of the day was, uh, or maybe coincidentally or not. But it just seems like we're so divided in America and so angry at each other all the time. And you come here and you say, well, uh, I want to make people happy. It doesn't seem like this is the, uh, obviously yeah. we need more happiness, but it doesn't yeah, seem yeah. like we're receptive to it. <laughs> <laughs> now we work on this. There is something, there is, we call it the spirit. And spirit doesn't make for any places or any, any human being, but you have to get that. I love uh, Charlie Chopin. He going there. He's not doing specific thing, but there is. If I am as I my experience, I see something in there that can make me happy too. Is he is in the moment. He's feeling good. He's a real happy inside himself. That's I'm not gay. I'm not that big, but that's my goal too. Right. But, that Sounds more like you, you, you're um, a religious uh, <laughs> leader than a, a comedian, though, because <laughs> most comedians are, uh, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little jaded in this, but it seems like most times if I go to see a comedian, they're going to point out yeah. um, things that they're jaded about in life, things that they're upset about. A lot of comedy is based mm. on gripes. Uh, no. it's, it's just like, what's wrong with the world? And, and we talk a yeah. lot about that. You yeah, don't yeah. see a lot of comedians who are actually bringing a happiness message, even though they're bringing jokes and levity and want to make people laugh. Right. The message they're bringing sometimes is a very negative message. Do you agree? Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw people telling me that you're not telling a joke. I, mine is like, I say I'm that big, but mine, I want to... Uh, how can I say? I want to do things on me but myself to make people happy. I'm not going to um, take a joke. I'm not that type. I'm not say good or bad. I'm not that big to say who was good. At. But the happiness I find it in me is a real. But I say I'm going to share it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you manifest that? Okay. You know, I go there and I say, hi, guys. How are you? My name is Sam, and I'm the greatest comedian in the world. And they guess, what these guys? And I say, uh, yeah, I'm very handsome. I'm going to show them I'm very handsome, my greatest. And they're not interested. 
And then I show them that I have a book. I can read a book. I have a lot of books here. And I show them the stuff I have. And I saw I have a puppies with me. His name is Tammy. He's a real person. He can talk. But at the time, he wants to talk. You know, Tommy, please just say hi to the people. <laughs> yeah. Tommy is very good and nice person. He's a, from, he's a migrant also. His real name is not Tommy. I'm going to say, don't worry about it. People are going to like him. <laughs> he's angry about it. He don't want to say something about himself. His name is not Tommy. His name is Jung. He moved from China. <laughs> I mean, don't worry. Don't worry. People love you. Yeah, man. <laughs> no? Uh, are you, are you, you're not performing this in comedy clubs, are you? Uh, that's what my goal is. I, I really think people real have fun, laugh, and then they're going to come to me and say, you make us happy. But yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But, uh, are you familiar? Uh, have you, uh, studied, uh, uh, the work of Mandy Kaufman? Oh, that's what the people find me. They told me, I, I love Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> Uh, well, Andy used to. Andy started by doing something very similar to what you're doing. Like he would do um, not children's song, but work with like puppets, and he, and he had done some like and the cows. <laughs> and so yeah. people didn't know how to, they thought it was a put on, but it seems to be. I I don't want to kind of uh, come to any conclusions here, but it seems to me you're you're pretty legitimate and, and uh sincere in what you're doing and which i think with andy it was a put on but yeah. with you it seems like you're more sincere in it am i, am I right about that like you yeah just, <laughs> yeah that's how we find it yeah okay yeah so, i have to get touch on it you know man yeah <laughs> yeah so are you actively like going out to open mic nights and comedy clubs and and yes i've been here in l.a i used to be in dallas i walked there i've been in a couple of comedy club in dallas texas i saw there, but now i'm in los angeles i go to improv and yeah you work to improv so, and uh are you just doing open mic nights there or are you getting actual bookings there for me as a walk you know i go there i have to drive about one hour and a half it's far for me. I have to wait. It's something as a work. I love it. I say work because make people laugh is too much work, you know. I say it work. Wow. I'm not paying for get money for that. I love it to say work. Yeah. But and I go long, different how, places. Yeah. How long you been in LA? Um, um but one year now. One year. Yeah. Now that's extremely competitive as far as the the comedy market. Are you are you well received? By <laughs> you know that, yeah. Are, yeah. Are you are you uh, making a lot of uh, friends in net in comedy and net, networking and all that kind of stuff, or how how are fellow comedians receiving you? Yeah, I I'm I have friends of to start to doing more networking and. Uh, but for now, my specific to get touch on me and find a real thing good. And as I work on myself and make people happy, the friend come to me and say, hi, Sam, thank you to make us laugh. That's what I want to hear. Um, wow. Relationship I love, but more specific to finding me, how can I make the 
think a real happy, you know. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, <clears throat> it's uh, it, it's an interesting approach you're taking there, and may, maybe maybe mm-hmm. it's it, yeah. because it's so different than anybody else is doing out there. Maybe you'll, you'll find some luck with it. But I find that L.A., most of the people who are in comedy really are using comedy as or many, I shouldn't say most, many are using comedy as a stepping stone to something else, whether that be television, movies, or any of that kind of stuff. So you're dealing with a lot of that. And again, it's really competitive and cutthroat out there. Maybe another market might be um, more suitable for you. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the thing I, I work on, and yeah, I just... Uh, I have to build things, you know, it's, it's going to be, uh, that's what my goal is, it's going to be touching me and show the real happiness and then people going to go out and it's going to figure out. But for now, I can't give him a name. But as like you sell me now and you say, oh, it is handicap. That's what I'm looking for. As I, I, ha- I know I have something I have to work on. It. But yeah, uh, well, I want to show people like a real happiness and, and <laughs> people are going to laugh. Yes. Um, so um, is the improv your main place or are you, are you up and down the coast or are you just yeah. being in LA? Yeah. yeah, I've been in LA now. It's just been good. This It's it's lovely comedy club I know around there. That's what I, my goal is to be in LA for now. I just stuck with this comedy I know it's, yeah. yeah. No, other places I know I go there too. Yeah. And where where did I, I may, I'm sorry if I missed this. Where did you immigrate from? I'm Iranian. Uh, yeah. Iranian. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. And so what, was that an easy? Um. Are you an American citizen now, or are you here on, with a visa, green card? I mean, I'm yeah. Not, for now, a green card. Yes. Yeah. Was that an easy way to get into the country, or was it difficult? Or? Uh, yeah, it was difficult. Now it was difficult for me. Yes, but I have I have a very good friend who's from Tehran. He's been here. Oh, mm-hmm. he's probably been here forty years now. Uh, mm-hmm. over there, could you have pursued what you're doing in Tehran in Iran for uh, as a, a kind of uh, motive uh, for a living? Is comedy a, a thing? There, stand up comedy. Yeah, uh, I used to do, as I told you, in high school, but if something happened in my life, I got in touch with a job and things like that. But it's never get me more interested until I find the thing I love it here. No, right. in Iran, I've been, when I, when I was like kids as a school, I stopped performing and my mother stopped me. Interesting. Did you uh, leave people behind? I mean, or did you bring family here with you or are you here alone? I, alone, yeah. I'm here. Wow, that's got to be difficult. So you came to America with the goal of being a comedian all alone. Yeah. That's pretty pretty courageous, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah. Yes. It, it takes a lot to kind of, you know, yeah. have a dream, pursue it, go all the way around the world because right. L.A. is really halfway around the world from right. from, from yes, around. You know where it is. Yes, yeah. that's going to be. Um, does that add to the struggle for you? Are you in, in com- communication with folks back home and letting them know uh, about your successes or lack of it and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, keeping them apprised in, in your 
and, and is it well received back home? I mean, like fa family encouraging you in this pursuit? Uh, unbelievable for them that I'm going to go there in front of American and speaking English, but, uh, but I start to tell them that, yeah, I start let them know that I, I do this comedy and I love this stuff. And, um, yeah. Very cool, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, now, um, prejudice in America, because uh, obviously we, yeah. uh, and as I mentioned, I have one friend I have from Iran, right. uh, and I know he, just saying he's from Iran, he doesn't always, you know, lead with that, obviously. But in America, we've seen Iran as the enemy since 1978, no. uh, since the Iranian, uh, since the Shah was removed and all that mm -hmm. stuff. I don't want to get into the politics of stuff. Mm -hmm. But when people find out you're from Iran, do you deal with right. a lot of prejudice? And, and um, yeah. yeah. So is that mm -hmm. is that difficult? Does that make being getting into comedy clubs and, and, and trying to make people happy. Does that, that's got to make things more difficult for you and, and slow your progress down, no? Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. You know, that I told you that I love the thing and that's make me to grow and the thing I love. If you love something, you have to work on it. I see people with the drama they have in their mind, that's Iran, that stuff. Like, But me, I have a happiness. What can I do with it? I have to show it. It's too hard, but I have to work on it. Yes, they say that's what you're doing here, your accent and stuff like that. But I can't leave that. By grace of God and thank for this land we live in now, freedom of speech. I can't talk. I have this opportunity. That's God brought me here. I, I'm not saying I'm not that big, but I practice something. Maybe one day I love to see me will help. When when people come to me like young or they say, Oh, we'll make us happy. Thank you for that. I just so uh, feeling in my that I did something. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. I think part of, of and I'm I I I'm thinking this is not just an American um, yeah. thing. I think it, as a world, a whole world, is we we tend to look at each each other. We look at people as different because you're from a different place and and forget that we're all people and then get to know you as a person so rather than think of you as right. an iranian just right. think of you as a man who i'm getting to meet for the first time who happens to be from someplace else but uh and you know we have more in common than we have difference in difference but i think that's the, the problem worldwide is we we just want to see each other as from where where we're from, rather than who we are, the people we are, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, there's the real people they see, but like as I still, they have also I give them permission because they don't know me. I just know with accent, they don't know anything, but right. they have to be see me. That's what I wanna go there like every week and say hi, how are you to the people, and they say oh, welcome, and they start to know me a little, like you said, oh Andy Kaufman, so yeah. I say okay, yeah. So when you were a, a young man or a child or even, you know, teenager or whatever, uh, were you influenced by American comedians or were you influenced by Middle Eastern comedians? Uh, and did you, did you have any exposure to, like, uh, American entertainment? Honestly, I'm not inspired with the, I, I love to watch all the American movies and I've never been excited to become, like, one of them. I've never had that. But... 
I, I think I, I, I think I said that that I've been doing that when I was in high school, middle school, and uh, when they, we have celebrated, I was treating a joke front of people, and because of my mother told me that what are you gonna do? She came in the school and saw beating me in front of other people that never do that. Why we send you to become a doctor or something? They like it on other people too. They see the sexes and that. Um, but me, I've never been interested. Like I start doing the thing positive, they told me, but just because they don't want it, I never do it again. I stop to think I love it, but that's, yeah. 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 Well, I'm looking at your Facebook right, uh, page right now, and this is curious to me. The post is from January 22nd of this year, and you're at a place called Thursday Night Thunder, uh, TNT Thursday Night Thunder in Stockton, California. And <laughs> what is surprising to me is it looks like, and again, we're, t we're talking about prejudice and all this kind of stuff. It looks <laughs> like to me to be a room that is largely uh, a African-American, a black uh, comedy room. Uh, is, is that, uh, are you playing to, because, and this, this is something that I've been educated on just recently and having conversations with different people who play comedy clubs, a uh -huh. difference between black audiences and white audiences in America. Yeah. And can, are you more comfortable in front of an African-American or black audience than a pure like white guy audience who's, who might be inclined to see you as the Iranian guy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, as I say, I, I, I love to see, uh, yeah. I love to see both of them make him happy, but um, yeah, both of them is good. I love them, but uh, it is is good for me to work on myself at that moment when I am on stage. I do something like people say you are more spiritual, religious people or humble people on the stage to make people happy. Never mind, never. Yeah. Wow. Well, this is uh, intriguingly interesting for me. I hope I hope the audience is with me on this, but uh, I, I'm interested in this. Any disillusionment for you in in whether things meeting your expectations or how things are going for you? Any kind of or 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 not? Do you, are you uh, still committed to and, and stay upbeat uh, about what what your prospects are here? Yeah, yeah, I, I love what I'm doing, and I want to stay with that. And How I'm, do you maintain that? How do you maintain an upbeat, positive attitude? Again, dealing. I maybe I'm overstating this, but I would think the 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 odds uh, or or the the society, the cultural things here seem to be a right. little bit stacked against you. So how do you maintain a positive attitude in, in, in all that and stay happy? Yeah, man, if you want a specific, that's very f philosophy thing on me, you know, I because I did meditation a lot and I do that also. And I find that something, uh, if I work on myself a lot, the thing I'm doing is make everything easy and I can't touch hot, hard people. And that's my goal is to get that, reach the high dance and change that thing. Yeah, I have a lot of thought. They come to me, it was a stressful and a lot of thing. And 
but thank you for the mention that. But I have uh, a wow. God, the Spirit with me. Yeah. <laughs> so when you came here, now when you came to America, I just trying to get wrap my head because I left home at fourteen years old, going oh. to, uh, and I left the state I was in to go to uh, another state where I didn't really have any friends or anything. How did right. tell tell me about the experience of? First of all, if I if I may, how old were you when you left Iran? Twenty nine. No. Twenty nine. Yeah, yes. So, and you, you came here all alone. What was your first stop, and how did you did you have anybody here that were friends here that you could say, or were you really all alone coming to a a new country with no no foundation, no people to go to to say hello? I'm here. Welcome me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I've been in other countries too. I've been in Indonesia five years, and then I said I'm here five years. I've been traveling uh, since I kids. I've been in other countries too, but uh, here in America, like we all know, it's difficult. Like as immigrant come with accent, people, uh, yeah. Uh, but I find in me like uh, because I have this happiness, nobody gonna. What are you gonna tell me? Why you want to share that? You, they used to tell me that how you how you gonna perform yourself, how you gonna make that. But I go with the thing I have it in me. I'm not go with the like, uh, people right thinking they gonna read it in front of people and they joke. But I have something in me to go there and just doing puppies. My tummy is with me, and so I'm sometimes missing thing. I have a I losing the thing I want to say, and I say hey, I forget my joke, <laughs> and then after I thought, oh, that's what's funny, you know. <laughs> but being touched with the thing I know and then work on it, it feels me good. Yeah. Also, yeah. hopefully, people get. Happy Have you been to New York and and um, uh, experienced uh, the the New York comedy club scene? No comment. No, unfortunately, but I've been in New York, yeah. Wow. And I started in Dallas, Texas, like about Dallas, Texas. Now, yeah. that it's hard for me to to imagine uh, a guy from Iran, um, right. or you say it, Iran, 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 Iran yeah, Iran. just fitting in or blending into the culture in Dallas, Texas. It's a very um, Conservative, uh, very cowboy town. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. cowboy town. You know, it was culture so, shock. Culture yeah, shock. <laughs> yeah. You know, I went there, but that's what they accept me to say my think that like I'm from Iran. That's what they accept. You have to go there and tell the joke the other they doing like they told joke about the uh, the the thing they. Uh, living with or their family or the situation where they at, but me I go with the thing I love. Like I go with my puppies. I say think about myself. I never say thing outside of me, and it was too hard for me. But I find I have to work on it. And as I work, I work, I work. It took me one year, and then people come and say, "Oh, that's a real fun. You have to work on." It. Thank you. A year is nothing. A year, yeah. a year is yeah. a, a year right. is a second. It's a drop right. in the bucket in life. I mean, yes. it goes by yes. so fast. I think this is a, a part of our 
problem as humans is we 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 lack perspective on on time and what it really means and really uh you know a year especially the younger you are the longer a year seems the older you get it seems like it becomes shorter and shorter but uh so uh, this is you know they say everything happens for a reason I'm not sure I always believe that and there are times when I completely don't believe that but it feels like today there is something about today's program where we're kind of focusing on um, uplifting spirits and making people happy. It seems like maybe this moment and 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 you being here on this day in particular uh, is kind of meant to be, as weird as that sounds. Uh, maybe I'm getting too, a little too heavy there. But speaking of happiness, uh, Kara is back with us. This is called The Happy Minute. Please hang with us for this. Uh, and I hope you'll enjoy this. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. I had How some, are you? some technical uh, difficulties before, just before you okay. segued me in here. Good to good see now. you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you all right down there? I can't hear Matt. Wait. Oh yeah. I Matt, you hear Matt? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Me. Okay. No, we hear you. I, I thought I did something because I pr I pressed buttons and everyone right. was going in slow motion for a second, but I, wow. I think we're okay. Oh, oh, oh slow motion. Um, <laughs> Sam is an unusual guy. Uh, okay. Uh, he's a comedian uh, playing comedy clubs and working in comedy clubs, but not a joke teller. Of, uh, he's from <laughs> Iran. And came okay. here, wow. came here by himself. Left his family, came to this country to be a comedian. So, uh, Sam, if you could show her, show her a little bit of what you do with the, the panda stuff, if you could. Yeah, well, my his name is Tommy. You know, his name is Tommy. He's a real person. Uh, Tommy is gonna introduce himself. You like Matt? Tommy, say hi to the people. Uh, just shy, little bit shy. <laughs> Yeah. Tommy, say hi. You know, see, you see? What? Okay. Yes, yes. See? I, I can. <laughs> the time you want him now, to talk, he's not talking. He's doing that to adults in, in comedy clubs. Now, you, you can, you're kind of, um, you know, a little enough about the comedy game in comedy clubs to know uh, basically what. A stand-up comedian, what the state of stand-up comedy is now, when guys going out there and just talking about problems in life and all this negative stuff, making jokes about it, and then seeing an act like that, uh, right? <laughs> like that com confusing the people. So Sam, Sam's mission is not necessarily <laughs> to tell jokes, but to make people happy. Right. Yes. Right. Something you can relate yeah. to. Right? If if I saw if I saw that act. I think I would burst out laughing. I would <laughs> in the comedy club. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a hard sell, but again, very courageous thing to be able right. to to leave a country halfway around the world. To, yes. He's in L.A., to, but his wow. first stop was Dallas, Texas. Uh, which, wow, you know, and I'm like, you know what? You've got to deal with a lot of prejudice, a lot of, you know, oh, you're from Iran because you know, basically in America we have this. 
uh, attitude that Iran is the enemy, and so all the people who were there are our enemy. You know, since nineteen seventy. I don't feel that way. You don't feel that way. <laughs> no. We've been told that by the government for for years. I mean, they've been called oh, yeah. part of the axis of evil and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, but I don't believe that. That I don't. Know, yeah. You have to. You have to look. Um, yeah. I agree. Uh, no, I agree. But there is that prejudice in America for for somebody coming from there, and 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 especially to walk into a comedy club with a little bit of an accent and a panda and the whole bit. Tough, tough. Tough <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny. I do. Yeah. I think it's clever. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of compared them to, and this is before your time, but Andy Kaufman used to do similar stuff when he was first starting out. Yeah. You know, he would do uh, Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse. Yeah. It's, here I come to save the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jim, Jim Carrey uh, played him, and, and he did a really good job. Did yeah. you ever see that Man on the Moon? Of, of course. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible, yeah. I was a huge Andy Andy Kaufman fan and, and very much influenced by some of the insanity he did. Now, he got himself in trouble by... Being too committed to the bit sometimes, like wrestling yeah. women and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm good with that. You know, are you wrestling women? No. Yeah, if they let me, I am good with that. I like it. <laughs> wow. I'm not wrestling you. Forget it. Okay. I'm I have like little you. little noodle arms. I, I can't even, you know. Me too. Yeah. Me oh, wow. Wait, no. Forget it. I'm very, I can't. I'm very strong man and very handsome. All the people know me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. You don't have to put up by me. There you go. There you go. Yes. All right. Um, so did you bring us some happy news for this segment or anything funny, anything silly, anything uplifting, any of it? Okay. I have something weird. Weird um, is good. Yeah, so this I is think from this positive. Is a very weird day. It is a very weird day, and that button does make a difference. That one button. Now, wow! Look out! <laughs> I can't do mine. Oh no! I'm gonna choke. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, this is from positive. Positive news: uh, a road surface not to be sniffed. The highway made of used nappies. Um, I have a, something to go along with this as well. But uh, basically, it's uh, a road in the UK, um, in Wales, South Wales, has been recycling from nappy cycle. Um, and using these nappies to, for nappy? road research. I guess it's wipes. Wipes. All right. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, like napkins. Know. Okay, I get it. Yeah, nappies. Okay, sorry, Carl. Uh, it has. <laughs> sorry. Um, they're using wipes for road resurfacing in a pilot scheme backed by the Welsh government. Uh, so they, they're. Hold on. I found it before. Uh, the firm processes uses around 800,000 nappies a week, and its operation literally takes the pee, even the urine extracted from the nappies is reused. Oh, my it, gosh. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Can I just say? that I shop at this like organic whole foods place by by me and um, the produce bags are recycled and I was trying to get an avocado and I was like what is that smell 
and I'm smelling the baby and I'm looking around and I'm looking at all the people like someone wet themselves. They were the bags. They were used, the, you know, they're recycled toilet paper. It Ew. smelled like urine. It smelled like a urinal. And I'm, and I'm like, and I'll put my, I'm not for it. I'm sorry. Throw the napkins away. Yeah, no, away. I get it. That's, I don't that's want the napkins. I can't, I can't, I can't do the accent. I'm sorry. I'm you got a pretty good English accent, I have to say. I, I, I can't do a good English accent at all. I, I'm terrible at it. But I thought you I, were pretty convincing there. Oh, that. thank you so much. No, I can't do, um, I can do that, but I can't do um, Irish. It's very hard. And I just want to say, I don't know why I'm getting off topic, but we, we went to an Irish store yesterday. Um, and these two actual, I've never really seen like two actual Irish people with the brogues and everything. I love it. And I just eat it up. So these two women, they have these brogues. I can't do it. And they were so interesting. And the lady looked at my son and goes, uh, is he coming into himself yet? And I said, what? What does that mean? What, what is does that, that I mean? Uh, I don't know. I know what I it no means. Idea. I kind of know. Is he showing a personality yet? Because, you know, kids. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, kids and pets. They take a hmm. while before you can say that is definitely something that oh. that's his thing. That's her thing. Whatever. This is part of their personality where they're not just, you know, <laughs> eating, drinking, and, but they're actually showing you who they are, their, their personality. So that's oh. what you mean by that. I'm sure of it. I love their little sayings. I'm like, uh, I'm like, um, I don't think so. Should I be worried? If he's not himself. Yeah, just the whole drive home. <laughs> yeah, yeah but getting back to the road, the road's the road. Yeah, has the road. To, oh my God! So the road smells like the bags that you. Uh, yeah, like, it, it, the the whole title is a, a road not to be sniffed at. I mean, if I have to, if I live on that road, and it smells like the, the used recycled produce bag that I had to use for my avocado, I think yeah. I'd have to move. I don't no, want definitely. your smelly pee pee napkins on my well, road. You know, no. yeah, no, that would that would definitely uh, weird me out. There are neighborhoods here on Long Island that stink. Uh, and it's not because of the roads of recycled toilet paper or whatever, but like cauliflower. You know, cauliflower, the, the mm -hmm. farm, the cauliflower farms, you drive past them. There are houses in the neighborhoods. Cauliflower stinks when it's growing. I mean, really, it's the stinkiest weed. Uh, and Really? Uh, yeah, it's terrible. I mean, it smells, uh, it, it's putrid. And when you have, like, a couple of acres of it, it's overwhelming. And there are houses next to it. Like, how can you live there? How can you Damn live it. in those neighborhoods? Yeah. <laughs> That would be me. I'd, you know, I'd finally find the, the picture-perfect home, open the windows. Shit! And, but it's only for, like, um, like a couple of weeks while it gets, like, really ripe and that stuff. But still. Are you sure it's, it's not the fertilizer? I'm positive. I'm positive. Because the duck farms. It's, no, because it, when they grow lettuce in the same field, it doesn't, you know, or any other. It's the cauliflower specifically. Put oh. cauliflower in a microwave for two minutes. And see what it does to your house. But we used to drive past the duck farms in Aquabog to get home. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I know. Yeah. Have you ever and smelled duck poop, Sam? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
No. Have you ever uh, experienced? Yeah, yeah, I've been walking around the lake and smell. And, and pig poop over in Yapping, oh. the, the, the pig farms, the swine farm. It's oh. pretty nasty as well, yeah. Oh, we have to say goodbye to Govs. It's time to say goodbye to Govs. Wow, goodbye, Governors. Yeah, where are you, Governors? Uh, let's remove Governors here. Bye, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. And we'll have more laughs tomorrow, I promise. We won't be as serious about being happy. This is a serious, <laughs> a serious discussion about being happy. Yes. We need to be happy. <laughs> well, I was trying to get to Sam how he maintains this happy attitude and positive attitude in yeah. a world where, again, he left his family and everybody. He's here alone trying wow. to make it in comedy clubs in L.A., with a very unique act in a place that is very competitive, backbiting, backstabbing uh, world of of comedy out there. It's got to be a really difficult life, but it's been here five years and and still maintaining a happy, positive attitude, which is that's just, that's amazing. It's curious to me keep, how he keep does at it. it. Yeah, are you familiar it's with his Gua- what's, Guadalupe? What's your friend's name? Uh, oh, Tommy. Guad deep is what I mean. I meant to that. Guadalupe, Guadeep, Guadeep from the north. Yeah, Tommy. Hello, Tommy. <laughs> yes, his friend keeps him happy. Tommy. Yeah. He doesn't speak much. This guy, Guadeep, uh, Guadeep is that his name? He's he uh, he does videos every day. He's in the Yukon by himself in a cab in a cabin no electric no running water and every day he goes out mm. and does a dance in the snow and you know right now the snow is all melted but he just does a happy dance every day and posts that to twitter and like he's spreading happiness by just his sheer joy right. about life no right. electricity no water no you know common comfort other than a cell phone to post his videos <laughs> right yeah right. how does he charge stuff. it that's a, that's a good question gotta have some kind of battery charger or something wow. gotta have some yeah something to charge the phone i never i never really thought maybe about his that. wife like you he's know not, exiles no, him to the he's shed nobody it's it's just he's him the... no pets no wife no family wow no <laughs> That's yeah. what. That's why I want to. I want to live in in a, in a shack. No, yeah. No, I want to live in a cottage. I want to live in a nice, cozy cottage in a mountain, like. But I don't want to be too away from people. I want to be like ten miles away from people. And that's then when me. I feel like being social, I want to drive down to the bar and just talk for a little while, feel like I socialize, and then go back up to my little hole. That's yeah. me, really. That's my existence. I live out here. Separated from from most of the world, and whenever I have to go someplace, even if it's a you know a small convenience, it's a, a you know something going out to like just a store for to pick up some milk or something. It's a ten fifteen minute drive for me just to go to a local store. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I do want to say that anytime you want to have philosophical discussions again. All right. Off the air. Off the air. I I'm here. Okay. I like cool. I liked our conversation. Okay. Very nice. I'm open to that. All right. I'm gonna let you go because we're gonna wrap Bye, up Sam. the show and yeah. uh, we're Good gonna to see you, maintain the happiness. Good to see Be you. happy. See you later. Bye. Good luck. Ba-da-ba. Sam's on the wrong side.
no, you don't. Oh, wait, no, you're on the wrong side. I had a better there. I like this way better. I'm, I'm better over yeah. here. So, uh, plans for the future. Anything? What do you? What do you got? You got anything coming up? You want to let people know about? Uh, yeah, I work on stuff like uh, to get touching me more and more, and like uh, I go with my bag sometime, and I bring book, and I so I show them that uh, here is a movie, but uh, the guy is called. Al Pacino, and then this guy not Al Pacino, it's Robert De Niro. I say, you see that's Al Pacino? I say, no, that's Robert De Niro. <laughs> they know me, I don't know stuff about this. And I start to make him laugh that I know more, but I don't know anything. Just work on the stuff to make people happy, laugh, and yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you know what? As much as I talk negative about social media, you gotta uh, at least uh, let people know what what you're up to. Even if you're just going to like open mics and stuff, kind of at least let them know where you'll be, or else, yeah. uh, you know, nobody will know where to find you. And you never do, never <laughs> develop like a solid following or or loyal fan base without having some kind of uh, social media presence. Unfortunately, yeah. in this world, it's yeah. kind of important. Yeah, thank you for mentioning. I, I have to share stuff, yeah. but yeah, yeah, that's my goal too. Yeah. yeah. So we have your your uh, stuff in in your Facebook link in the description. Hopefully, may, people will friend you, follow you, or find out uh, or fi- find out where you're gonna be when you start posting that stuff. Right, right, right. Hey, it's been it's been um, interesting to get to know you. You're an inspirational guy. I appreciate. Thank you. Um, thank you. Your little life story, backstory here—it's—it's it's really inspiring to me, and I, I wish you good luck and and uh, stay in touch and let me know when things are happening for you, and I'll be happy to help uh, yeah. help get the word out for you. Yeah, man, thank you so much for the invitation. I love to be with you and hear from you. Thank you, man. Thanks for coming, man. Have a great day. Bye for now. You too. Sam, ha, folks. Uh, interesting, man. It's been a, an interesting morning. Not necessarily um, the comedy show uh, that Govs Radio <laughs> was kind of looking for when when we kind of signed up with the, with them, but it is what it is. Some days, uh, some days are just weird, and this is one of those days that is just weird. I appreciate all of you who stuck with me for today. I know, uh, especially after yesterday's show, um, wasn't exactly the um, laugh fest you might. You might want to tune in for, but sometimes, um, sometimes it's important to have uh, conversations about stuff and serious conversations about happiness, civility, all that kind of stuff, and taking the edge out of some of the political discourse that we're dealing with in, in America right now and and the world right now, really uh, trying to make it a little bit more palatable a discussion that we can actually have in a civil way. Tomorrow, Big T will be with me. Uh, Big T, THC TV, a guy who kind of changed my life in, in, in some small way. And I'm, I guarantee tomorrow will be full of laughs and full of uh, good times and back to the kind of show you expect for a morning show here. I will try to have a little more positivity, a little more energy tomorrow morning. Might even might even do some uh, performance music stuff. Uh, was up last night testing the studio system, seeing uh, for 
you know, quality audio production purposes to see if we can kind of step up. Because it's, it's a little difficult. This this kind of streaming stuff was not necessarily meant for musical performance. And some of the audio stuff compresses the stuff. So, like, instruments tend to get squashed down, especially, like, acoustic guitars and stuff that are easily uh, com- crunched and lose a lot of their tone. So might have a little bit of that tomorrow. We don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I hope you'll join me then. And I do have a show tonight, uh, Dr. David Shine, and we're going to be talking about uh, the decline of America and his book um, by the same title that kind of discusses uh, where we started, where we went wrong, how, how we get it right back, uh, get right back to the um, foundational ideas of the Founding Fathers for and the experiment in democracy that America uh, was meant to be. So thanks for coming. Have a great rest of your day. Remember to turn on your radio and bye for now.
Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. 